You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, today we're going to mix it up a little bit. I uh, solicited some people on the Twitters and I said, hey man, I'm tired of talking about the same old, same old. Why don't you guys, um, you know, give me some suggestions? And I got a ton. So that's what we're going to do. It's kind of going to be like Packernet After Dark, but, um, you know, it's not. It's not that. So I will just be answering questions. I'll, I'm not looking at the news. I don't care about the news. There is no interesting news. I saw some stuff about uh, the Titans freed up a bunch of money, and I was like, oh, I should save them. Nope, nope, don't care, don't care. All right, so I don't know why this isn't uh, put in order, but it doesn't matter. We did get some lists from uh, Mr. Thomas Austin himself, as well as JJ. And as you would expect, JJ's are very centered on the NFL and the Packers. And Thomas's are not. <laughs> so, uh, actually, let's start with this. Let me just go to the top. We'll start with Nate. How afraid of the Lions should we be after this draft, especially if they grab a bunch of defensive players? So, if we do a little shorthand here and go over to PFF and look at the Detroit Lions, they did have an 81 overall grade, which is pretty solid. Probably one of the best they've had and I couldn't tell you how long. Their offense was a 79 overall grade. Um, their lowest offensive grade was run blocking, and that was basically a 7. Oh, no, no, excuse me, pass blocking, surprisingly. Still in the 60s, though. Defense, their overall grade was a 60.4, primarily because they had a little bit of pass rush. But their uh, run defense was a 55, tackling 62, and coverage is their worst at a 48.8. Now, I remember recently going through, I think it was Packernet After Dark, looking at all the different teams and who's leaving and whatnot, and Detroit had a bunch, and, and a lot of it was their secondary, primarily their corners. And so I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm curious where these corners are going to go, and I think Brian Branch is also a significant uh, consideration. They're picking, by the way, at pick 18. Whether or not they move up, I don't know. But I, I do think they have a, kind of a lot of options, and they're in a decent spot because they're picking around 20. But you've got the corners, right? Christian Gonzalez, probably gone. Witherspoon, probably gone. But you've also got Joey Porter there. So we've got several lot. There's three different corners. And if they're all gone, there's also Keely Ringo. It's a pretty loaded cornerback class, uh, especially at the top. We're talking four in the first round. One of them, two of them, three of them, I have no idea is likely to be there. But there's also pass rushers, right? I mean, you talk about Miles Murphy. And again, while well, there's no way he's never going to be there, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing about this class. Um, you know, he's he's projected as the fifth best player in this class, but I've also seen him mocked in the 20s. Uh, Tyree Wilson, same thing. Sometimes he's a top, I've seen him as a top five guy, and I've seen him around where the, the Lions go. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of potential. Uh, you got all those guys. Again, you've got Brian Branch. Um Brian Brzee, who was at one point a top 10 guy, now he's down in the 20s, but another uh, potential guy for a team that definitely needs defensive line help. 
Um, Lucas Van Ness, if you want to stack up on edge rushers, because I think both of the, uh, what are their names? I think they're actually brothers. I don't know, but two pass rushers, uh, Aquaras, they're both free agents, whether or not they're retained, I don't know, but adding another pass rusher is never a bad idea. Um, when you've got the one guy, you want to get another stud having two studs. That's probably a good plan. Um, yeah, Nolan Smith is another guy. I doubt he's a great fit for them, but that's an option. So, you know, then you start getting into more things that maybe don't work quite as well. But that's where I would be looking. And honestly, I think the Packers and Lions are almost in the exact opposite. Maybe we should just do a trade with the Lions. That would just drive everybody nuts. But they could come up and grab that corner. We get to move back. It's only a handful of spots, but whatever. That is unless they use it at pick six. But I don't think they would go quite that high for it. Maybe they would. Maybe they grab the top corner in the class at pick six whether that be Gonzalez or Witherspoon or whatever. But yeah, I think I think if they... That's tough. I think there's a chance that they could have a corner on the team. They've got a bunch of guys that have shown flashes or whatever. Obviously, they spent a ton on Okuda. He hasn't really panned out, but he also kind of took a little bit of a step. So if you can grab a real good pass rusher, I've seen... I, I think somebody recently uh, mocked... I don't know if it was the Lions, but it was in that range... Um, Will Anderson fell because it was the quarterbacks and Jalen Carter went and then Will Anderson made it into that range. But if not, you know, again, Jalen Carter, Miles Murphy, if they can get a, let's just say defensive lineman, whether that's a a defensive tackle or an edge rusher, and then grab a corner, like a real good one, that definitely makes them scary because now they've got two pass rushers and maybe two good corners, at least one, hopefully for them, um, out of the draft, and then maybe Okuda can kind of be a decent number two or something, kind of figure it out finally. But yeah, I mean, yes is the answer. Or, or what was your, how afraid should we be? I mean, I think we should be afraid either way. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be necessarily less afraid if they add offensive weapons, which seems to be what the Lions like to do. I remember when back in the day it was Matt Stafford and Megatron, and I think they had other wide receivers, and their defense is what was struggling. And that's the year I think they got Ebron. And it's like, you bunch of absolute freaking you jerks <laughs> you freaking would now fortunately ebron didn't really pan out but it was just the idea behind it like yeah forget defense let's load up on offense so no matter what they do if the team gets better that's that's a scary thing all right goose says are the packers too complacent when it comes to coaching and staff changes looking straight at montgomery and the inside linebacker coach as the two positions uh, uh have constantly underperformed it's so hard to comment on that because I don't really know, man. I, I, I don't know enough that I if I had the ability, I'd go in and fire Montgomery. But I would absolutely need to have a sit down and I would talk with Matt LaFleur. Let's just say I'm Murphy and I'm going to go straight to LaFleur and I'm going to say, I need you to tell me with the way that these guys are underperforming, right? Linebacker's a little bit iffy because we we brought in a linebacker and he dominated. The other guy's a rookie and who knows what that'll become. We have seen some progress with the inside. Now, that seems to be when Joe Barry got here. I don't know that uh, Olivadotti or whatever, whoever that is, I think that's who our guy is. I don't know how much he plays a role in that, but I mean, you could go across the board. You know, I would want to make a list of all the issues. You know, quarterback, we brought in a guy for Rodgers. Our quarterback got significantly worse. I want him, and you could have Matt LaFleur and that guy, or, or you do it separately and just say, justify your job. And I know that's somewhat unfair, especially doing it to him, but at the very least with Matt LaFleur, explain it to me. Explain to me why we haven't had a single defensive tackle come in here and do a freaking thing ever. We drafted a really high-profile rookie, and he can't figure out what to do. Why? He can't get on the field? Why? And we have Kenny Clark, who is an absolute superstar for like two years and hasn't done jack squat since. Explain to me why. Explain to me what value we're getting from our defensive tackle coach. I have no doubt in my mind the guy's extremely talented. He's very knowledgeable. I'm sure if you gave him a, a, a test on defensive tackle philosophy and technique, he would ace it. Great. But explain to me how he's getting the best out of these guys because I'm not seeing it. We have taken swing after swing after swing, and the superstar that we paid a ton of money to seems to get worse every year. Explain it to me. And the thing is, no matter what you say, somebody's going to lose their job. If, 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 at the, if at the end of it, you're saying, look, the scheme is just all jacked up. That's why Jair's fallen off. That's why the corners fell off. That's why 
our defensive tackle fell off. They're being put in these positions based on the way that the scheme works. And okay, then guess what? Joe Barry's gone. If it's not the individual guys, if they're putting them in the exact right position, let's say Montgomery's like, look, here's what you need to do. And the guys know what to do. But the problem is they don't. You've seen Kenny Clark saying like, you know, we, we, we don't know what we're doing out there and all this stuff. That's your job. Joe Barry lays it out, right? He says, here's our scheme. He talks to the coaches. He talks to Montgomery, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down the line. And he says, you get these guys ready to go. And he's obviously going to be there, but he's not the one doing the hand-to-hand combat. He's not in there in the trenches necessarily with every single person every single time. That's on you. You get them ready. You get them up to speed. And that was kind of the whole issue with the whole Joe Barry thing. It's hard to criticize the guy when they're not doing the right things. You can't blame the scheme if the guys aren't where they're supposed to be and doing the right things. And and honestly, I think that falls more on the position coaches. It's on you to get them ready, is it not? Am I wrong about that? It's the same with Jerry Gray. Got all the praise in the world and everybody loved the guy, but RDBs especially had no idea what they were doing ever. And it seemed like they spent all their time pissing and moaning, wanting to run a different scheme. And look, I get it. Maybe you're better at that. But that's not where we're at. And Joe Barry's not going anywhere. And we're not bringing in a Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator in the middle of the season. So I need you to suck it up and do what you're supposed to do. And look, they, they, I mean, they took responsibility for it, but it's like everything else with the freaking Packers, man. The entire year was what? Oh, yeah, we sucked and we got to be better. Right. Oh, yeah. We're, we we know we got to get the ball in Aaron Jones's hand, but you know we're just we haven't done it, and that's on me. Look, I'm I'm glad you take responsibility for it. Freaking fix it. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, even Jair. Jair's a great dude, great work ethic, all that stuff. I love the guy. But it's just like, yeah, we didn't play up to our standard, and we didn't do this, and you know they take all the blame, and the, and that's great. But fix it. Thank you for not deflecting. I appreciate that. But are you going to fix it? Remember in the middle of the season, they talked to Kenny, and he was just like, oh yeah, we're going to fix it. We're going to get it. And they didn't. Not until, the I, I guess, the very end of the season, maybe something clicked, but I don't even think it was Kenny. It was mostly the young guys. I don't know. I, I, again, I'm too zoomed out. I, I, that's why it's so hard to comment on stuff like this. Even some of the other comments that are uh, questions that are coming, I, I can't give any answers on this stuff. I don't know. I'm too removed from the situation. But again, there has to be an answer, right? If, if the team doesn't play well, there's a reason. It's either the coaches it's the players, it's the, well, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's the coaches or the players. If it's the players, you look to the GM. If it's the coaches, it's the coaches. But you you cannot underperform and then say, everything's fine, let's do it again. That's not an answer. You have to justify why we run it back. Rodgers broke his thumb. The wide receivers are rookies, and so Rodgers' thumb is going to get better. We're going to get Rashawn back. The wide receivers are going to be better. We got a lot of young coaches that didn't know what they're, you know, give them a second year. You know, give me those kinds of things. And it's like, okay, maybe. But there has to be something. Give me something. The broken bones, the injuries, the lack of of this, that, or the other. But but also give me solutions. Why is it going to be different? Well, Roger's thumb's going to be better. These guys are going to be in their second year. We know a little bit about how to navigate without Devontae. That took a little bit of time to figure that out. The defense, we we you know, uh, at the bye week, we started to learn some things and we got Savage moved around and we figured out Rudy Ford and we got the special teams and da-da-da-da-da. So now I think we got it dialed in. We're not going to be perfect, but we we kind of got, like, all right. But as long as there's an explanation. And and again, I would I would demand it. And I can't say for sure that they're not doing that. And this we only had the one bad year, but I think everybody was a little shocked that no changes were made because it was a bad year. Because in my mind, if something's broken, you have to fix it. And doing nothing means you didn't fix it. Now, maybe something's going on behind the scenes, but I think for our sake and for our mental well-being, we want to know that you identify, you you recognize there's a problem, identify the problem, and fix it. And that's the other thing that ticked me off about the Packers, is how many times Matt LaFleur went to the podium and honestly just said, I don't know. Obviously, if I knew, I, I would uh, fix it, but I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. Great. Thanks, Matt. I hope you understand that's a very serious... I mean, listen, if I'm Mark Murphy... And I'm listening to my head guy. Like I, I love Matt Lafleur. I really do like the guy. But if if I hire you to be the guy to run the ship, right? You're the engineer. Like I watched that. You ever watched the crab fishing show, uh, Deadliest Catch? Those engineers, unbelievably important. Usually the captain knows a bunch of stuff. A lot of guys do. But there's a a lot of times there's a guy dedicated. If something goes wrong, it needs to be fixed immediately, or we're all gonna die. 
if I hire you to be that guy and the ship goes down and you look at the engine, you look at all this stuff and you go, yeah, I don't know, man. And every time something breaks, you just go, yeah, I don't know. If I knew, I would have fixed it. Heck, I probably could have prevented it if I knew what I was doing. When we go back to shore, you're going to get off my boat forever. I cannot have a head coach saying, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Something's weird. It's just, uh, we're just not, uh, it's not getting there. Your job is to identify the problem and fix it. Anyways, I'm way off topic. Sorry. But are they too complacent? I can't say. We'll, we'll see. It's one bad year with this regime. I'm guessing they're going to try it again. We, uh, and again, we got to know what's going on with Rodgers and Love and everything else. What, it's going to take time before we can make that assessment. But generally speaking, going back to McCarthy and Ted Thompson, absolutely. Um, D-Lo 6 says, make the argument of why Jordan Love can be a top 10, can be top 10 his first year. I think there's a very good chance. I mean, I, I kind of did that in the past. I just, I basically just read off the top 10 quarterbacks instead of honestly saying he can't be here. You know, I think you look at the, the low, the, the low quality of the teams. The Vikings are just completely tearing their team down. It sounds like the lions don't have a defense. The bears don't have a defense. I mean, we'll see what happens in the off season, but you know, that's six games of teams that, that don't know how to stop an offense. And we've got Christian Watson in his second year, Dobbs in his second year, Torrey in his second year. <clears throat> we give out, uh, you know, probably upgrades to the offensive line. We'll see what we do with Elton Jenkins. He'll, he might go back to tackle. I don't know. But if we can revamp that, get the run game going, I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to, and I don't mean to discredit Jordan, maybe he comes out and he is Aaron Rodgers 2.0 and he just starts slinging it all over the yard. But I would equate it more to... Um, what you're seeing with uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts graded out as a really, really, really good quarterback. But again, there's a direct correlation between your PFF grade and how much you're pressured. So if you have a good offensive line, generally you're going to have a better grade, right? A completion is better than an incompletion. Even if you didn't necessarily do anything wrong, if nobody's open and you take a sack, you're not going to get a positive grade for that. They might not dock you because, hey, nobody was open. I don't know exactly how they operate, but if somebody does get open and you throw it to them and they catch it, you're going to get a positive grade. So better players, offensive line, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, it's going to help that. And I listen, I think we have a lot of pieces. I know we have a lot of pieces. It's not perfect. But as I've said a billion times, there's no team that is. The Kansas City Chiefs proved that. Tyreek Hill leaves and they won the freaking Super Bowl. I mean, my goodness. We lost Devontae and missed the playoffs. They lost Tyreek Hill and won a freaking Super Bowl. Unbelievable. They didn't even look any worse. They didn't look any worse. They were the number one offense in football. And look, I know I'm going to take a lot of people off, and I know I'm getting off topic again, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion of what the difference is. In Kansas City, it's a system, and the system works with and without Tyreek. In Green Bay, it's Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers liked to throw to Devontae. And you take Devontae away, what's left? There is a system there, but I don't know that we do it a lot. It's not about the system. It's about Rodgers wanting to have that guy because I think that's what he's done his entire career. He's just always had that guy. He leans on those guys and he makes these heroic throws to guys that catch ridiculous passes. He can launch it out of bounds and they'll catch it with two fingers in bounds. He has the mind meld back shoulder pass. So he can just sit back and sling it all over the yard, and these guys are making great catches. As long as we're in sync as far as the timing and the route running, and we, you know, I give you a little look, and you know that I'm going to go this way and that way, and it's this high-level stuff, not working with young guys, he can't freaking do that. That's not how the, that's not how the Aaron Rodgers system works. You were designed to run a post. Based on the defense, I want you to change it, but you have no idea that I want you to change it. You don't know what's going on, so now you just got to run the stupid post. I don't want you to. You come open, but I'm not even looking that way because, again, I didn't want you to go there in the first place. So now I'm, you know, it's just, it's just a mess. If Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur could be on the same page and Jordan Love, which he will, just sticks entirely to what he's supposed to do, I think it's going to work. I really do. You know, people are all, get all ticked off. You, you talk about his grade and his stats in that Eagles game. It's like, yeah, it's because he dumped a pass off to Christian Watson who took it to the house. Exactly. That's how it's supposed to work. You think Pat Mahomes doesn't have that? The guy throws to a wide-open Travis Kelsey all day long. Wow, give him a freaking Medal of Honor. Yeah, he can do cross-body throws and no-look passes and behind-the-back BS, but 99% of his passes are not that. He stays within the system. The system gets guys open, and he throws to the open guy. That's what Matt LaFleur needs to be able to manufacture, and as long as he and, and, and uh, Love are on the same page, his ability to be top 10 in terms of you know PFF grades or stats or whatever it is, is entirely based on just 
basically three factors. Matt LaFleur executing a scheme, Jordan Love executing the scheme, and then the players making plays. Understand what you're supposed to do, do it properly, get open, and as long as we have those three components, there's no question about it. I mean, top 10 is just top third. It's not that big of a deal. It's not this massive thing. You know, it's not like one in a hundred. So would I guess that he would do it? No, because I'm I'm skeptical that, you know, I don't I don't know exactly how great Matt LaFleur is because maybe it's been hidden by the greatness of Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams and they just took over this thing. We haven't really seen Matt LaFleur doing his thing. I'm skeptical of Jordan Love because I feel like I haven't seen him be consistently great through an entire game except maybe one in the preseason. There's a lot of inconsistency there, which makes me nervous, but maybe it's fine. And then I don't know if we have the weapons necessarily. Maybe it's still a little raw for Watson and Dobbs and whoever else we bring in. So I'm skeptical, but is it possible? Of course. Uh, Delo says, how would you compare the Packers all-in approach to the Rams? Lots of fans are mad we didn't go all-in, yet complain that our cap is strapped because of all our all-in moves. Yeah, I mean, there's a different approach, but ultimately it's it's kind of the same thing. Um, spend all your resources. So the the only real big difference that I can see is the Rams liked to spend their draft capital on guys that are already in the league and are already proven assets. I think the problem with that is that you're overpaying for a short-term result, but that's what they got, right? They got their short-term result and now they suck. And I think a lot of fans are fine with that. Give me a Super Bowl and then suck and I'm fine with that. And I just don't think the Packers are necessarily wired that way. They use those resources as well, but they use them on young guys that are going to be here for 10 years, not really expensive guys that are going to be here for one or two. With with the hope, obviously, that they're going to be great. And, and you know, again, there's there are no guarantees. We talk about proven assets. Well, it's it's he's a proven guy. Yeah, but you know what else is proven? That oftentimes, I would say more than 50% of the time, when these quote-unquote proven assets go to new teams and, and try to be dominant, they kind of suck. There are no guarantees, and, and everybody has the same amount of assets, and it's just about allocating them where it makes the most sense. Well, they went and got Odell Beckham, and we didn't. Well, it sounds like we tried, and he chose to go there instead of here. What are you going to do about it? And so, yeah, there, there's a lot of people that could say, well, that proved that that's the better strategy, but, it, you know, explain the Chiefs. Chiefs don't do that. They won a Super Bowl. Where are the Rams now? They're in the gutter. And the problem is it's almost like a reverse draft and develop because you say, well, you know, now that it's bad, they can start investing. Yeah, but it's been years and years and years of not having first round pick. It's going to take a long time to replenish all that long time. So this is long term pain because a non-draft pick is like a draft pick of nothing. That slot that should have been filled with a first round stud doesn't exist. There's nobody there because you use it on a guy that left. And so, again, you're behind the eight ball because everybody else has these guys that they've invested in. And you don't. And you can't just start drafting and expecting it to be better because guess what? You draft somebody, but so did we. You're not gaining on me. You're still behind. So the only time that they get caught up is, for example, by the time Christian Watson leaves our team and retires, like when he's 30. Now you can get caught up. It's long-term. Long-term pain. And the fact is, most teams that do that do not win. I mean, they honestly should not have won. It was such an unbelievable anomaly. They were not a very good team. By any metric, their salary cap was a complete disaster. They had no money to spend. They had no draft picks for years. They were dead in the water. And if they didn't pull it off that year, they weren't going to get it. And everything pointed to they were not going to get it. Because again, the best, the best way to win is to build the best possible team. And they didn't do that. They got lucky as like the 10th best team in football. That's the bottom line. So again, if you want to do that, that's fine. But the Rams were not at their best when they won the Super Bowl. They were at their best, like what, 2016, 17, 18, something like that? The first few years of McVay, when everybody was had McVay fever, that's when they were at their best. This whole throwing away picks constantly to try to go get guys, again, if, if, if you like that, that's fine. It's not the best way to build a team. It's certainly not the best way long-term. It will hurt you long-term. But even short-term, it's going to be tough. Again, you don't see the Chiefs doing that. Bills aren't doing that. The Bengals aren't doing that. The Eagles got where they are because of contributions from draft picks, like one or two from every single year. You got guys from 2010 still contributing. You know why? Because in 2010 and 11 and 12 and 13, they didn't give away those picks. And it all accumulated and got them into the Super Bowl. So that's my perspective on it. A lot of people disagree. They want to just take everything we have and throw it at 
big name guys so that we go get big name guys because that's going to make us great. You know, big name guys like Rodgers and Devontae who we had that we didn't win with and David Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander. And we have big name guys on the team right now. Um, scrolling down here, I'm not now at Thomas Austin's last thing. So <laughs> it goes through 30, but let's just do it because it's in order. Question 23, do you have enough questions? Yes. 24, what's a game show movie that you wish you could get into but just can't? Game show or movie? I think if like they brought back Ozark, something like that, that'd be kind of cool. I know it's already done, but I just like it. And it would be cool to just kind of like be a bad guy or something. I'd probably be a terrible, terrible actor, but just get a little small part, you know. What's your zombie plan? I saw Elon had that thing where you just put treadmills all around your house. I'm sure he stole that from somebody. But yeah, you just put treadmills all around your house. And then when they come, they just, you know, get stuck on the treadmill. Best sports movie? I don't know. I like that one with uh, the Grey Ghost or whatever it's called. That's a good one. 27 says Roadhouse. Fair enough. 28, what's worse, missing an interception or a fumble? I would probably say fumble. Dropped interceptions are annoying, but there's nothing more annoying than watching somebody that can't pick. I mean, these are the most impressive athletes in the world, but man, trying to watch them pick up a football on the ground is ridiculous. And then the entire time, you're just screaming, just fall on it, stupid, and they keep trying to pick it up because they think they're going to score a touchdown. And the guy's right there, and somehow it always squirts out behind his legs, and the the other team picks it up, and I want to just absolutely murder that guy. You freaking bumbling moron. You were the only guy around that ball. And somehow it just, you, you, you could have just fallen on it and you couldn't do that. And then you tried to pick it up and then you eventually went down on it. And somehow, somehow you laid an egg with the football and it shot out between your legs and somebody else got it. I just, it makes me insane. Number 29, best fish. Um, usually when we go out fishing, it would be walleye. Musky fishing is fun, but there's a whole lot of casting and not a lot of catching. Walleye is always a good time. Um, I think the best tasting fish I maybe ever had. We went out to uh, Lake Michigan perch fishing and got some jumbo perch and came back and got the beer batter, put it in the deep fryer. Oh my goodness. That was that was stupid good. Hulk versus Superman deathmatch. I don't think Hulk stands a chance, does he? I'm pre- I mean, I don't, I, I don't know much about this stuff. And I feel like I haven't seen Superman since I was like six years old and watched that really old one. One of the old ones, a couple of the old ones. I don't know. But uh, knowing what I what little I know about Superman, I feel like it would be absolutely impossible for Hulk to win that. I mean, he's just he's really big and strong. I get that. But so what? Superman is too, and he can fly at the speed of sound or something. So I mean, theoretically, if he wanted to, he could just turn himself into a giant bullet, and that's that's the end of that. Interestingly, uh, Elevated Shine has a similar question: Who wins in a fight between DC, Marvel, and Fast and Furious? Well, Fast and Furious can go suck it because it's stupid. Although I would love to see that. I would love to see it, you know, just, it's nothing, I, I used to like Vin Diesel, I, I got nothing against it, but it's just such a lame thing to see them be like, all right, you want some of this? Let's ride. And they're so cheesy and stupid and lame. And then like, like, as soon as he like puts it in gear, Hulk comes over and just like smashes the car and they're just obliterated. Okay, you're eliminated. I'll throw you into the freaking sun, you idiot. Um, DC and Marvel though, I don't really watch any DC stuff. So I'm, I'm leaning Marvel just because, especially since Marvel's expanded so much, I feel like Wanda is just kind of like cheating. You know, she's like the all powerful being of the world. I don't know too. Well, let me look it up. What's DC got? Batman doesn't really do anything. I don't, you know what I hate about Batman? It's a regular dude in a suit. And I guess it's the same with Iron Man. That's not how that works, dude. Like it doesn't matter if you're in a suit. If you get punched so hard that you go flying into a building, there's no protecting you from that. You're dead. It doesn't matter what your suit is built out of. It's the fact of the, it's physics, dude. Your body's moving at 400 miles an hour and then hits zero miles an hour. Your bones will shatter. Your brain is going to explode in the back of your skull. You're dead. It doesn't matter what the suit is made out of. So Batman sucks. Iron Man sucks. We'll cancel them out. Oh, they do have Superman. But Wanda would, I mean, Wanda's, again, she's cheating. Wonder Woman, I don't know anything about her. Uh, who are all these people? My goodness. Most of these characters just seem, I think Marvel destroys these people. Green Arrow, as he fly around, shoot arrows? Like he would just get obliterated. Uh, Wally West? What the heck is that? What are these things? I, I, Yeah, I'm sure there's some crazy stuff with DC, and I'm sure somebody's getting ticked off. 
That's a big DC person. Superman is dope for sure. But like, who is that guy with the glove and the the diamonds and stuff in his hand? You snap his fingers and erase the half the world. Plus Superman, it's like there's there's something on a planet that just kills. Him. Okay, well Marvel, they all fly from planet to planet. They're gonna go pick up some kryptonite, shove it up, you know where, and that's the end of Superman. Green Lantern. I mean, DC is cool by itself because they're all equally like you know, better than human, but not like, how crazy can my brain manufacture something, you know? It's just like, better than human. But like the Joker, he's a, he's just a dude. He doesn't even have any powers. He's just a psychopath. So yeah, I I know about 5% of these guys. But from what I can tell, Marvel would absolutely obliterate DC. All right, Bart says, is this the year to blow it up? Let all the free agents walk, take all the cap hits this year, and start financial recovery in 2024 to be competitive in 2025 and 2026. Um, I don't know about blow it up. I mean, there's certain things that that you would do. There's certain things that we can't do. You know, I mean, realistically, we're not going to get rid of the young guys. We're not getting rid of Sean or Jair, or, and that's kind of what the team is built on. But I, th- I think all that would really mean, which again, we're not going to do because we just restructured Aaron Jones, but it would mean move on from Rodgers, which is a cap hit, although we're saving money. And I, yeah, I don't even know what else. Maybe you, you trade David Bakhtiari because he's not really a part of the long-term vision. But again, my, my thought generally is, even if we're assuming Aaron Rodgers is leaving, let's see what Jordan Love can do. Because the last thing you want to do is send Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari and like guys that aren't a part of this really long-term vision, you send them packing. And then it turns out actually Jordan Love is a stud and Christian Watson's a stud and, and you know, the offensive line's doing great and the defense suddenly figures it out. And it's like, gee, it would be great if we had a left tackle, you idiot. So let's just see, first of all, what we got. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, why blow? I mean, what what's the, I, I mean, I guess you blow it up because what allegiance do we have to you? Like, I, you know, we need to do it, right? We told you we were doing this. Tried to discourage you from coming back, but yet here you are. But no, I, I, I wouldn't. I think you, you mostly let it ride out. I mean, again, a lot of this stuff, there's nothing we can really do. These contracts are just what they are. I mean, you, you, we're still trying to dig our way out. So, I mean, you start cutting guys or whatever and accelerating all these cap, it, it's just going to kill us. But I, 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 what I would do is move generally in that direction. But again, let's just see, you know? I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers is, is counterproductive or, or as weird as it sounds... If Aaron Rodgers says, I want back in, I would tell him directly, we are going to start to rebuild. And then I would move in that direction. We are not going to be investing a ton in free agents because it's not about short-term game, gain, term gain. It's about a long-term vision. If you're cool with that, fine. Just, you know, don't expect any massive resources. But if Jordan Love comes, maybe. Because <laughs> again, I just, I want to see. And then if it's not good, then yeah. We, and again, it's not blow it up because what does that even necessarily look like? But it is, you know, again, Bakhtiari's contract starts coming up and he's like, hey, you know, what are we going to do? And it's like, sorry, dude, I love you, but you're, you're like, what, 33, 34 at this point? We, we can't. So we're, we're done. We're moving on. And yeah, you, you, you try to get out of these contracts as best as you can. You start taking hits when you take, yeah, and you have to spread out the hits. You can't take every hit this year so that we're clean next year. So you take as many hits as you can this year while staying above the cap. And the next year you do the same thing. And the year after that, hopefully you start getting to that point where you got dead cap for players that aren't here anymore. So you get through that phase and then, yeah, then you can kind of get it going. But that, that does seem to be the year that it's going to be problematic, which is why I think this is almost structured for Rogers to be back for two more years. Because if Rogers is here this year and next year, we can survive the cap thing. The only real catastrophic situation I believe is if he plays this year and not next year, which is why the former Jets GM said I would take him, but it has to be a two-year commitment, right? I think the Packers are looking at it that way too. And I think Rodgers understands that. And I think that's the decision he's making is not just do I want to come back, but do I want to come back for two years? I think. Because if you look at it, a lot of these guys are set up for two years. I think it's like Preston, eh, maybe not Preston, but Bakhtiari and Jones and a few other guys. And then that next year, it's dead cap hell. But the point is, Rodgers is gone, Bakhtiari's gone, a bunch of other guys are all gone. We don't have any players, we don't have any money. So what would that be, 2023, 2024? So 2025 is suck year. It's a high dead cap hit year, we lose a lot of our studs. But then 2026, we're more or less free and clear. So it's two more years of Rodgers, 
put all the resources in that we can, but we have to stop pushing money out because then we're just, then it's going to be 2026 or 2027 or 2028. We got to stop doing that. And I know there's, there's always going to be some, you know, you can't get to zero. I mean, you could, but you won't, but you just, you don't want to compound your problem. $30 million in dead cap money is $30 million that you can't spend on big name free agents. I mean, you talk about it and it's like, well, 30 million was kind of average, but you think about what that could mean in free agency or what that could mean in, in paying guys or whatever. There is not a person in the NFL that you couldn't get for $30 million. The highest paid quarterback in all of football. I don't know how you'd pay in the future or whatever, but it's not going to be more than a $30 million dead cap or a cap hit. You can structure anybody. $50 million quarterback. You can get it at 30. That's why it annoys me when people scoff at stuff like that. Like, ugh, who cares? Restructure, guys, it's not a big deal. Well, it's a freaking big deal to me. I would like to have the $30 million back. So anyways, again, to to answer your question directly, no. uh, I don't want to just give it up right now. I want to see where we're at. But yeah, at some point, we have to transition. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. You can do it for as little as a buck a month. Uh, uh, ranch.org. Uh, if you're looking for, um, looking to give to a charity, a worthy cause, I would encourage you to check them out, please. We will take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next question is from Clayton Kind of. He says, someone in the Facebook group asked, what do you think would be each quarterback's stat line if they were the starter in Green Bay for 2023? Here were my guesses. Assuming both are healthy, Rodgers, 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Jordan Love, 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So the hard part and the obvious, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. I don't have the slight, how, how do you predict Jordan Love's uh, you know, I, for example, I went back and looked at some comps for the very limited amount of time that Jordan Love has played. And, and depending on whether you want to call him Josh Allen or Blake Bortles, who had similar starts, it obviously changes the trajectory of where you think he's going to end up. Um, I mean, it, it certainly seems ambitious. If you look at first year of players' careers, and obviously this isn't his first year, but whatever. Nobody threw more than 30 touchdowns except Justin Herbert threw 31. Baker was 27. Russell Wilson, 26 and 10 interceptions. Daniel Jones, 24 and 12. And so if we look at, for example, like a Derek Carr level, uh, 2014, played all 16 games, 3,270 yards, 21 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I don't know. 
I, 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 again, I don't, I don't even know exactly where to begin. And again, can you still be, there's been a lot of questions about, can Jordan Love possibly be in the top 10 quarterbacks or whatever? Well, how can you talk about, you know, not having these great numbers, not throwing 30 touchdowns and and at the same time being top 10? Well, 30 touchdowns is a lot. (laughs) Jalen Hurts played 18 games and threw 25 touchdowns. He's graded as the fourth best quarterback in football. Lamar, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Tua. Granted, none of these guys played all 17 games, but I mean, Rodgers was 26 and 12 this year. In fact, there were only six that threw 30 touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Pat Mahomes. Mahomes was almost 50, which is obviously insane. So I'll say this, if he hits 30, that's pretty solid. But if he can even get to like a Dak Prescott, 3,400 yards, 28 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. I mean, we're not doing backflips, but that's, that's okay. But yeah, I, I couldn't even begin to estimate. I know nothing about his ability or what the offense is going to look like or how much we're going to pass as opposed to run or what we're going to do in the draft or what Christian Watson and, or Dobbs look like in year two. I mean, there, there's just so many very, I mean, even the defense plays into it. The opposition plays into it. You know, how many of these teams we think we know who we're playing, but we have no idea who we're playing because we're basing who we're playing on what those teams did last year. But we know how much teams massively evolve. For all we know, the Bears are going to have a dominant defense and that changes the calculus. So instead of Jordan Love having like a, you know, 300-yard, five-touchdown game just going off, he ends up having, you know, 125 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. It makes a huge difference, you know? So there's there's just way too many variables. I have no idea. If, if we want to boil it down to who has a better year, Rodgers or Love, I, I would assume Rodgers. I mean, that's the safer bet. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't even begin to estimate that. I, it, whatever your bottom and top range are, yeah, I agree. All right, what else we got here? Some more Thomas questions. Which team will lose the worst to the Packers next season? Well, um, the Bears are at the top of the list. I know that they have a lot of money and some draft capital to make some moves, but they were so unbelievably terrible, and we play them twice, so there's double the chance that they're going to get stomped out real bad. Um, maybe the Vikings. I'm curious what they're doing. I, I, I saw some stuff about what seems to be a bit of a teardown. I know they're losing some guys. Chiefs, no. Chargers, probably not. Rams, possibly. Saints, no. Bucks, probably not. Those are the ones at home, though. Otherwise, Steelers, Giants, Raiders, Broncos, Panthers, Falcons. I mean, there's some definite contenders as far as away, but I just have to assume if it's going to happen, it's going to happen at Lambeau. I'll just say the Bears at Lambeau. It's probably going to be a primetime game. Packers generally better on primetime. I think Rodgers will be back, so I don't really see any reason to believe that that trend would change. So I'll say the Bears game at home. Then he goes on to say, uh, which team will beat the Packers the worst? Uh, The Chiefs are obviously at the top of that list. Some of the away games, though, nothing super brutal. I mean, the Steelers, I don't really know what they got going on. The Giants are a bit of a mess. The Raiders are a mess. Broncos are a mess. Panthers and Falcons are a mess. And then we got Vikings, Lions, and Bears. So that leaves some home games that could be tough. I, I... I would say the Chiefs, but I just I just feel like we've handled the Chiefs pretty well over the years. I don't know what it is. Broncos or the uh, Bucks would scare me, but I don't even know what they're doing anymore. I kind of wonder about the Saints. They always feel like that team that's kind of primed, but they don't have you know the key pieces like quarterback. But they've got some stuff going on deep. It's funny how much those Saints and Packers are always running parallel to each other. I used to think that about the Steelers. Like Packers Steelers are like one and the same. Kind of get that vibe with the Saints. They've got some pieces. They got some stuff. If they could just get a couple more pieces in the right spot and get the right leadership. But I'll just take the low-hanging fruit and say Chiefs at home, as much as I hate to uh, have a home game be so garbage. And that's probably wrong, but it's the easiest answer. He says, watch Yellowstone at all. I'm going to sound like an idiot and say I don't even know what that is. I have not. I think I've heard of it. I think Maybe you guys have suggested it to me. Um, but no, and I'm thinking I probably can't, or I would have. Every time you guys suggest stuff, it's on something I don't have. It's like, how much stuff do you guys own? Or do you just have like regular cable or what? I think I have Peacock. Is it on Peacock? I'm pretty sure I have Peacock. I don't even know anymore. 
There we go. Got her queued up, man. Yeah. All right, that's what I'm doing. As soon as I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to get to work on some of those draft profiles. I'm going to have Yellowstone up on the other monitor, and we're just going to rock this thing out. So not yet, but I'm going to get started. Then he asks, scariest moment you've ever had in a car. So there's there's two times where I feel like I should have died, but I have cat-like freaking reflexes, and it makes me think I should have been a stunt driver in my life. One time, I'm flying down. You know, one of the things that sucks about Wisconsin is you get you got your cities, you got Milwaukee, you got Waukesha, you got all this stuff, but in between is like nothingness. I'm sure most states have this, but it's just these narrow roads that feel like it should just be for one car, but it's for two cars. There's no speed limit signs anywhere, so it could be 65, it could be 35. I have no idea what the speed limit is. And God forbid if it's snowing or anything, there's usually, there's sometimes no lines, so a car, and there's hills everywhere, so you can't see if there's a car coming flying over. Anyways, I'm on one of these roads, and I can see a car kind of poking out, and I don't exactly remember how it all worked out, but I knew, I knew this car couldn't see me, and thought he'd be in the clear, like at the, after this one car left or something. And sure enough, he come out, whatever, I swerved. And that was, that was probably number two. Number one, though, there is, so I used to go to uh, MATC in Milwaukee. And when I would drive there and park downtown, sometimes, not usually, but occasionally, I would, uh, there's this underground sort of tunnel that runs under the courthouse. And it's, a tunnel and it's pretty windy and curvy and everything else. And there was a day it was extremely rainy and I was just completely out of it. I was daydreaming. I was not paying attention. And so I'm, you know, you're on the highway and then you take an off ramp to get onto this thing, something like that. I don't remember, but I'd forgot to slow down and I'm telling you the roads were completely slippery and I just thought I'm, 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 I'm going to die or this is going to be like a massive wreck. Like I'm doing 55, 65, whatever. And this is like, I don't know, 25, like you got to slow down. There's sharp turns and everything else in here. And so I did, I'm not kidding you. This is like Tokyo drift. I was, I cranked the wheel and I did like two full turns and I went through this tunnel. I swear I went through the whole tunnel, just skidding all the way through, just drifting. And I got through that and it was such an adrenaline rush. The cars around me were looking like I was nuts. They probably thought I was like, what the heck was that? Like you almost killed yourself. You almost killed us. I was screaming at the top of my lungs, not like in fear, like I'm jacked up, like I'm ready to take on the freaking world. I've never had an adrenaline. I'm, I'm punching my steering wheel, screaming, let's F it go. So jacked up. That was really scary. And then after that would probably be uh, going ice fishing with my uncle. One of his favorite sayings is you only live once. And he says that in a blizzard when we're on those narrow roads, can't see anything, and he wants to pass a truck that's going too slow. And so you just get into this lane to pass, and you can't see more than four feet in front of you. And that's when he says, you only live once, because, you know, there's always a chance there's a car coming, and then kapoof we go. So those were, those were a little frightening. But yeah, the, the Tokyo drift in that tunnel in Milwaukee, dude, I, I, I should be a stunt driver. Because I, I should be, maybe I am dead. Maybe this is a dream. I don't know. Is this just like a, a dead dream? Maybe I'm in a coma. Dang. What if I'm in a coma right now? How would I know if I'm not? I don't know. But I, I there's there's a good chance I'm in a coma. Because there's no way I got out of that alive. Um, final question from Thomas. Will there ever be a successor to Stallone and Schwarzenegger? I don't well, I mean, we got like The Rock now. It's not the same. I mean, it's all like kid-friendly, family-friendly stuff where it's like, I'm an action figure, but it's kind of cheesy. And then I do a kid's movie. Although Schwarzenegger did kid's movies too. I don't think Stallone ever did. It just kind of has a slightly different vibe to it, doesn't it? But I would say The Rock would be the successor. Just a muscled up action junkie. I asked the robot. He said, Dwayne The Rock Johnson Jason Statham and Vin Diesel. And I'm not kidding. I, I thought about those guys. I didn't know Jason Statham's name, but I was thinking about him. And then I thought about Vin Diesel because I was thinking about Riddick and stuff. I think Vin Diesel might actually be a better representation. He's not all roided out like The Rock. Yeah, I said it. But he's like all business, action. Maybe he's done a family movie. I don't know if he did. But he, he just has more of that. I know the whole car thing is stupid, but still. His character is pretty hardcore. And it always has been, it always will be. So I, I kind of like Vin Diesel for that. 
And yes, the robot will be a part of this show moving forward. So just get over it, okay? Brandon says, is a 2024 first-round pick more valuable if we trade Rodgers because we get a full season of love, and if he bombs, we can use the ammo to trade up with our two firsts to get a rookie versus 2023 draft pick? Could Kenny also be gone in this world if Wyatt is legit? So I, I, I honestly think that that's the case. We always talk about trading Rodgers and getting a first this year. Based on the cap implications, I actually think it makes more sense to do a post-June 1st designation and take a, a pick next year, for, and, and it works for a lot of reasons. As you said... It gives us a clearer understanding of where we're at with Jordan Love. It's not just, um, you know, if he sucks, we get a new one. It's also, even if he's good, I want to know, like, where are we at? Like, what does he need? We, we don't even know what this team looks like with Jordan Love. If he ends up being an Aaron Rodgers, then it's like, you know, we, we maybe get some wide receiver help or something, or, or maybe the offense looks great. We got to focus on the defense. I don't know if he's not, but he's competent as long as like we can keep him safe then we got to invest in the offensive line we don't know what we need yet and so holding off the pick until next year i think makes a lot of sense on top of that as i've said a thousand times a 2024 pick generally is devalued over a 2023 pick which means teams will give you more value so maybe a team wouldn't give you a not that you can predict a top 10 pick but let's just say a team didn't want to give up more than a second for Aaron Rodgers. Debate amongst yourselves. I don't care. But let's just say, they're like, I'll give you a second this year or first next year. That's a no-brainer. That's an absolute no-brainer given the first. It's just it's just painfully obvious to me. Uh, or take the first. So, um, yeah, you get more value. You get a clearer picture of what you even need. Whether that be, we like you said, package it and go up and get a quarterback in a class that I think is going to be more quarterback-rich. Um but even if he's great, we get a better picture. I, I think it makes more sense. The, the uh, I don't want to say fan, but I guess the fan in me really wants that pick this year so we can do some extra cool stuff. But there, there's no, I don't think there's any way you can logically, call in 608-501-0718, you can logically convince me that it makes more sense to get a pick now. I don't really think so. The only maybe kind of thing would be, you know, Bakhtiari is going to be, a lot of guys are going to be leaving soon, although we still get him next year. So it, it would almost be the only way is if we're all in this year. And even if Rodgers is coming back, well, no, we're talking about trading him, but even if he, if he was coming back, we're not talking about one year. So I don't see a scenario where it's like, we got to go all in this year because next year we're bombing. Like that doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, let's wait. Unless there's, I mean, it, it also depends on their evaluation. If there's a bunch of guys, or maybe they think they can trade up this year, there's somebody that they've got their eye on that they think is a freaking game changer, that they really believe they can go up and get. Who that would be, I don't know. Probably some kind of a pass rusher, Miles Murphy or something, if they think they can go up and get him. But other than that, and that's information we can't know, then no. And then as far as Kenny, I really don't know. Um, I mean, it wouldn't really be because of Wyatt. I mean, I think the whole thing with Kenny, from a lot of people's perspective, you know, aside from blaming the defensive line coach or the the defensive coordinator or whatever is he needs somebody to work with I mean the last time he was a dominant player was when Mike Daniels was there when Mike Daniels left it all fell apart so I would hate to get Wyatt and then it's like all right finally we get this dominant duo and Kenny's oh no 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 Kenny's leaving like wait a minute um but I I I haven't really looked into it but I do wonder about that because it's just kind of this weird thing where he's starting to get old he's starting to get expensive He's kind of on that weird line of, is he a part of the future? Is he, you know, let's say, I don't know, I don't know if say five years down, but three years. Is he a part of the team in three years? I think so. I mean, he's, he, look, he's 27. In three years, he's 30. Well, he could play till he's 32. So that's five years. So I think, I think Kenny's a long-termer. I mean, look, if he, if he just tanks and he cannot get it right, but I really, I, we know he's talented. We know we saw, I mean, the start of this year, he was the number one defensive tackle in football, and then something changed, and he was one of the worst. He has it. There's just something going on. I don't know if it's a personal thing with his his emotional self or his mental self or what's going on there, or if it has to do with the scheme or the guys around him, or maybe it's just because there's such a lack of talent, they're asking him to do too much. I really, really, really don't know. I don't know. But it is an absolute crime that we have a guy that at one point was competing with Chris Jones for like the number two guy behind Aaron Donald. I remembered his name this time. 
that was, I mean, it was like Aaron Donald was in his own universe. And then you had uh, Chris Jones and, and Kenny Clark that were just, that were dominant. And Chris Jones is still tearing up the league. He has been ever since. And Kenny's just floundering. And I don't think it's a lack of talent. I don't know what it is. Talk to the film guys. Talk to the coaches. I mean, I, I wish the media was was talking about Kenny more. Because, I mean, listen, as fans, we, we do have a right to be upset about this stuff. Why are we wasting Kenny? We talk about wasting Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing uh, up until this year at a really high level. I don't think he was really having problems. My concern is with with guys that have incredible talent that aren't allowed to exercise that and put that on the field. Rodgers demonstrated it. He was a back-to-back MVP. He wasn't struggling. He clearly had everything he needed to succeed. And Devontae was succeeding. The offensive linemen were succeeding. I think the running backs were kind of iffy. I don't know that they were, I mean, if nothing else, it was about uh, opportunity. Not getting enough opportunity. But, But I, you know, the tight ends. That's another issue. Why can we never, and I'm talking historically, we just struggle to get the full potential out of our guys. And, and it's, you know, it's the Kenny Clarks, it's the Jair Alexander, it's the Darnell, and even Darnell, maybe he just never had it, I don't know. But when you got a stud, I want them to be a stud, you know? You've seen it around the league, and it doesn't last forever, but these guys should be able to perform at a high level until they just can't do it anymore. I'm so sick of being excited about great players that just don't show up. And again, I don't know whose fault it is. I'm not there. I can't get to the bottom of that. I couldn't tell you what the problem is. But it is, it's, it's freaking criminal, what's going on with Kenny. And again, the corners, you know, I, I, we, we should have with Razul and Stokes and, and Jair, I mean, it should be just locked down. They were expected to be the number one corner group in football, and for good reason. And what happened? That's what it should have been, but it wasn't. We have every right to be upset about that and, and to at least ask, like, what the heck was that? And again, this is where I understand the frustration. And again, I can't put my finger on it or say definitively Joe Barry should be fired, but there's we have every right to question. First, first of all, the, 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 the hire was questioned to begin with. I don't think anybody was super excited about Joe Barry, considering his history of having nothing but terrible defenses as a defensive coordinator. Then he comes here, and our defenses look exactly like every other Joe Barry defense in terms of their inability to even crack like the top 20 as far as DVOA or any other metric. Aside from some obscure ones, I saw somebody, uh, I think it was Zach Cruz or something, posted that we were top five in, uh, I don't know, when teams are in the red zone or something. I don't know. But come on, man. And, I, you know, again, we, we aren't necessarily owed an explanation, but if you're not going to give an explanation, then don't be upset when we start to... Uh, question it. I'm sure if Packer players listen to this podcast, be like, this idiot doesn't know. You're right. So you know what? I'll give you a platform if you're upset about it. Come tell me. Come tell the audience. Well, I'll put you on YouTube. I don't care what it is. But if we don't know, we can only speculate. And when a bad defensive coordinator becomes our coordinator and our defense is bad and guys like Ken, and by the way, they look miserable. They look like they hate it here. They don't believe. They're not motivated. They're not excited. They're not fired up. And they're massively underperforming. Yeah, there's going to be some questions. And there's going to be some anger. And although I can't sit here and say that I know anybody should be fired, I also can't dissuade anybody from being upset and saying, fire the guy. Anyways, I'm way out in the weeds here. Brandon, uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, What else? Let's do maybe one-ish more. Gary says, what's your take on Gary? Do you think he'll be back on the field this year? I would hope so. Haven't really... uh, contemplated that let me ask the robot all right so here's what robot says the uh, i had looked it up he got a uh, grade three acl tear in november 6 of 2022 robot says based on the injury details you provided it's like the nfl player will uh, be out for the remainder of the season obviously a grade three acl tear is a severe injury that typically requires surgery and a significant amount of time for recovery and rehab expected recovery timeline for grade three acl tear can vary, but usually six to nine months for a player to fully recover and return to playing condition. Anyways, it goes on to give another paragraph that's useless, but I said, can you give an approximate date range or NFL week range of his return? Kind of repeated himself and then says, uh, the player may be able to return to play sometime between week one and week nine of the 2023 NFL season. This is assuming that the player has a successful surgery and rehabilitation process and is able to make a full recovery without any setbacks. However, it's important to note that each player's recovery is unique, blah, blah, blah. This, this thing loves disclaimers, which is good. I like a robot to say, look, I don't know, dude. 
rather than saying I am the all-knowing being and I will create uh, machines that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger to kill everybody. Maybe that's on the next version. I'm not sure. But there you go. Uh, yes, he should be back next season uh, at the earliest week one. Uh, expect I shouldn't say at the latest, but you know, week nine is sort of the later end of that spectrum. That's assuming this robot has any idea what it's talking about, but it knows more than I do, so we'll we'll go with that. But all right, we're going to leave it at that for now. There's a ton of questions, so I'll probably just continue with this tomorrow unless we have um, some breaking news or anything like that. We'll kind of cover that briefly, but I appreciate it. Um, if you want to find this, just head over to Twitter. Just uh, tweet from 9.15 a.m. on February 22nd. That's where it is. So you guys have yourselves a great night. Be sure to check out Packernet After Dark, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.